0: Hey everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today you're listening to episode 192 and I'm talking with Nikki Hiltz. Nikki is making all the headlines in the running news because she keeps winning every race she runs. She's a 1500 meter runner. She runs for Adidas. And she runs with the Missions Athletic Club. Her coach is Terrence Mahoon. Nobody really knows how to pronounce his last name, so don't correct me there. Uh, And she has just been killing it. She's actually competing this weekend in the USA National Championship. So this race, that's this Saturday, will send people to Worlds in September. So whoever is the top three in this race, which is this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, that is who will go on to compete in Worlds in Doha in September. So make sure if it's not already on your Saturday schedule that you plan to tune in. 3 p.m. this Saturday is when coverage starts and I believe her race starts at 3 30. She tells us in the episode though. Uh Nikki's a seven time NCAA champion and she ran for Oregon, then Arkansas, and then now she runs professionally for Adidas. Nikki is a huge supporter Nikki is a huge advocate and supporter for the LGBTQ community, which she is a part of. And she shares a lot about that over on her Instagram. You should follow her if you aren't already. She is Nikki Hiltz, N-I-K-K-I-H-I-L-T-Z. Make sure you're following her over there. For not only that stuff, but also her running updates because she is killing it. Before we get started talking with Nikki, I want to thank a new sponsor that has come on the show that I'm super excited about because I've been raving about their apparel for a really long time, way before the sponsorship have I loved this company, and that is Sweaty Betty. Sweaty Betty is a British activewear brand, and their founder is female, which I love. They are known for their bum sculpting power leggings. I can't even tell you how many pairs of power leggings I have. And one of my favorite products that they have right now is the Stamina Sports Bra. You will see me wearing it on Instagram for sure. Actually, just like four days ago, I posted a picture on a run in Bloomington. Glenn and I went out for a seven-mile run, and I'm wearing the Stamina Sports Bra. It's like a tealish green sports bra, and it's kind of... Long, so it's full coverage, which I love. And this sports bra is medium support, which is perfect for me. They have all kinds of other options as well, though. And I'm super excited because listeners of the show are going to get a little discount, and I, I highly encourage you to check them out. So when you go to sweatybetty.com, you can use the code another to get 20% off. And you're going to get over on that website and you're going to spend like an hour browsing because there's so many cute items so again go over to sweatybetty.com and use the code another for 20% off your order when you support a sponsor of this podcast you're directly supporting my show and you're getting cute clothes so it's a win-win-win for everybody all right thank you so much friends and enjoy this conversation with Nikki Hiltz Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to welcome Nikki Hiltz to the show. Welcome to All Have Another, Nikki. Thanks for having me. You are hanging out in Iowa in a super fun hotel room right now, aren't you?
1: I am. I'm in Des Moines, Iowa.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you're about to run uh, nationals this weekend. Tell us like what's going on with that. And were you also in Iowa for the Drake Relays?
1: Um, yeah, so I was here back in April, I think it was, I didn't do the Drake relays, but I did, uh, like a road mile. It was, um, it was actually like the USATF road mile champs. Um, and it was like the same week leading up to Drake. Um, but yeah, and that race went pretty well. I won. So, um, I think I really liked Des Moines after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this weekend is USA's, it's nationals. It's like the big one that we all, you know, are training for and then if you're top 3 you make the world team that goes to Doha. So, it's really exciting that it's finally here. I feel
0: really privileged that I get to have a conversation with you like right before you're entering <laughs> that, like week of.
1: Yeah, like today's Wednesday, tomorrow's the prelim. So, yeah, you're like right in it. Wow. <laughs> I feel I like doing. I I don't know. I'm not someone that needs to be like super focused or honed in on like race week, you know, I like to keep it chill and light. So I was totally fine, you know, to do have this conversation, you know, right before the race.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's, it is interesting how people handle that differently, because there are certain athletes that just like they would, there's no way they would respond, you know, I just emailed you like last week, like, there's no way they would even consider responding back (laughs) until after the race.
1: Right. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, I'm just, I'm just more of a kind of, go with the flow.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm interested to learn how that, like how your upbringing and everything cultivated that kind of personality. So we'll catch everybody up with who you are, if they don't already know, but, uh, you're from California, you ran for Oregon and then Arkansas, and now you're running professionally for Adidas, right?
1: Yeah. That's pretty much my life story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so can you kind of talk to us about, your life as a runner, you know, you were a standout runner in high school, you won the mile, then you go and run collegiately for two very prestigious organizations and now here you are transitioning to professional running. What are you a year in?
1: Yeah, I I'm exactly a year in kind of. Yeah, I signed in July of 2018 and now it's end of July 2019. So yeah. I guess I'm in my second year now. <laughs> Are you
0: feeling like settled? Are you feeling like, okay, this is real life?
1: Um, yeah, I think it kind of hits me in waves. Like, uh, I still can't believe I live in San Diego. Um, and Like, I can't believe I get to run professionally. You know, it, it still is kind of like, uh, you know, surprising at times.
0: Okay, so you live in San Diego. You grew up in California, though. Like, How far away did you grow up from where you live now?
1: So I grew up in Santa Cruz, California, which is like central coast, California. So it's about a seven, eight hour drive from San Diego.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, yeah. California is a really long state. <laughs> People don't realize they're like, oh, you're close to home. I'm like, not really. Like three states away, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Depending on what, where you live. Yeah. But but it is nice being back in my home state. Um, you know, I, I loved Oregon and Arkansas, but yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad I got to experience those parts of the country, but I'm definitely glad to be back. I think, you know, I appreciate, like, the ocean more because I was away from it for five years, um, things like that.
0: Your parents still live in Santa Cruz?
1: Yes, they do. So you're hop-
0: you're hopping on a plane to get home, though. You're not, like,
1: driving yeah. eight hours. Yeah. No, I, I usually fly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. Okay, so back in San Diego, we're all jealous of that except for the listeners who – of course, live in San Diego, because I know right. there there are a few of you. Um, and you're coached under uh, Terrence. Yes. Mahoon. Did I say it right?
1: You know, no one knows how to say it. I so. wondered. <laughs> Mahon, man. I think it's more like man, like a silent. I don't know. But he won't even tell us how to say it. So.
0: He won't like you guys have asked him about it.
1: Yeah, It's kind of like a joke.
0: <laughs> Doesn't he coach a lot of like ultra runners, too?
1: Um he's coached like marathoners like um Dina Castor, Ryan Hall. Um, but I don't know about Ultra. Uh <laughs> Did he used to run Ultras? I don't think so. Why do I think that? Marathons.
0: Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. Okay, talk to us about your transition from college to pro running. I imagine there are quite a few listeners who like hope to run collegiately one day or are running collegiately now and I think it's a really interesting topic to hear how you transition because I know you've talked about the importance of your teammates in college and it's just different running pro
1: right um I would say that transition is a lot like high school to college um you're kind of trying to figure out like okay, what, where do I want to live? You know, is this like a place I want to be? And then you, you're kind of also like, okay, how do I get along with the team? You know, do I, do I like the coach? Things like that. And I would say from college to pro, it's, it's very similar. You know, you, you're looking at training partners and, and cities to live in and, and what coach you mesh well with. So um, I looked at a, a few places and San Diego just kind of felt right. Um, it just kind of felt like home. And I think a lot of, Like for me in my career, I've kind of gone with whatever, like my gut was telling me, like, um, you know, in high school, I was like, I really want to go to Oregon. And so I went there and then when I was at Oregon, my gut was kind of like, I think you should maybe transfer. And so I did. And so, you know, coming out of college to going pro, it was, it just felt right. And so, um, I just went with my gut to go with Terrence and Adidas and be in San Diego. Yeah.
0: Why did you want to go to, what was your gut telling you about going to Oregon? Like, why did you have those feelings? I mean, I know that's hard to answer cause you're so,
1: <laughs> you're so young. So like yeah. who knows? It, I think it was, um, so I was obsessed with like Steve Prefontaine and uh-huh. you know, without limits and all the movies. And I just, um, my mom w- went to Oregon as well. Uh-huh. She didn't run or anything, but, um, you know, and my sister was going to school in Portland. So uh, I just kind of had all these connections to Oregon. And, you know, I, I went on my visit and I was just kind of in awe of Hayward Field and um, all the gear and things like that. So I, I think I went because I wanted like Hayward to be my home. And, you know, like anybody, I wanted to be like the new Prefontaine. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think that was originally why I like chose Oregon.
0: I mean, pre-fun. so I'm quite a bit older than you. pre still like the guy. I remember in high school, cross-country, everybody being obsessed with that, you know, the legend <laughs> yeah. of Pre-Fontaine. It's still – that movie still circulating cr- cross-country locker rooms all around the country.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> so you're at Oregon. You do really well. When did you transfer to Arkansas, like your junior
1: year? Um, I spent two years at Oregon, and then I transferred.
0: Okay, yeah. and – Tell me the differences between competing at the different universities.
1: Um, Yeah, I think so. I made it to nationals my freshman year at Oregon. And, you know, I made the 1500 meter final and I'm the only girl on the line in the Oregon uniform. And I probably I think I was the last person to the final. Like I just squeaked in there. So, I mean, on paper, you're looking at everyone, all the 12 girls on the line, like I'm the worst one out there. Mm. And they they announce everyone, you know, before the race. And as soon as my name's called, like the crowd just like erupts, mm. just because I, you know, I'm wearing the O on my chest. Um and that was just like that was just Hayward. They just loved like their Oregon athletes. Um and then when I was at Arkansas, I, you know, was once again like at the NCAA championships on that starting line at Hayward. And I, I would say by now I was like kind of an established athlete, you know, had PRs and accolades. And, um, when they announced my name, it was like two or three people clapped, you know, Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> who's so, this girl?
1: Yeah. Who's this? Like, <laughs> So I, I would say that's like, it was the, the difference between like Arkansas and, and Oregon when you're, when you're on Hayward field. But, um, they're, I mean, they're so, they're both such good programs. Um, and like, they do it so differently. Like, uh, I think at Oregon, the head coach is Robert Johnson, who's, you know, he's also the sprint coach. And then at, at Arkansas, Lance Harder, the head coach, he was the distance coach. So I think that, you know, was like a huge difference to have my coach be also the head coach. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, they're both like great universities. I'm very thankful for my time at, at both places. Um, I learned like a lot about, you know, how how to be a good collegiate program and you, you know it doesn't have to be just done one way um yeah so
0: yeah so your seven time ncaa all-american did most of that happen while you were at arkansas
1: um yes only one of those was from oregon so yeah okay
0: so when you're at arkansas is probably when you're starting to realize maybe i can run pro
1: um yeah i think totally um i think my whole life that was always my dream to be a professional runner but I think, you know, having some hard years in there, it kind of like slipped away. And then, yeah, back when I when I was at Arkansas, you know, running well, the dream kind of came back um, and, you know, kind of became more of a reality.
0: Yeah, you've had some injuries and setbacks and surgeries at like a pretty young age. Do you <laughs> like, yeah. does that scar you or do you feel like, thank God I'm beyond that? Tell everybody what your injuries and, and surgeries were.
1: Yeah. So my senior year of high school, I had, um, I broke my right navicular, which is like a bone in your foot that actually like a lot of runners have stress fractures in. And I, you know, got one my senior year It was in the fall. So like cross country time. And, you know, the navicular, so it it doesn't get a lot of blood flow. So I had to get surgery um, in order to like, fix it so I had a screw put in my right foot like the fall of my senior year Um, and that was really hard because I was like going on visits to universities and I was like on crutches and in a boot and things like that but um, luckily I was able to run track and field that year Um, and yeah and then the very next year I committed to Oregon and I was you know a freshman at Oregon and the exact same injury happened, but in my left foot. And so I broke my left navicular, had to get surgery again, put a screw, put in it. And um, that was really hard, like back-to-back years. I just, like, remember being, like, this feels so, like, unlucky. And, like, I don't know. I I just felt, like, why me? Um, And then – but, I mean, now to be, like – that was so long ago now. um, It's it's honestly – like, I know people that have navicular – you know, issues, and they are so jealous of me that I have screws in both of my feet. (laughs) And, you know, I'm kind of relieved, too, so, like, uh, that, like, you know, there's no more feet to break, I guess. (laughs) Um, And then my, I guess the next time I got injured was my fifth year at Arkansas, so last year, um, was, I was pretty much injury-free after my freshman year. Um, Yeah, and then, Yeah, my fifth year, I hurt my right knee. It was like patellar tendonitis. Um, And yeah, that was really hard because I felt like that was really bad timing because I was, you know, it was my last year. I was trying to, you know, get a contract hopefully. And I just like was sidelined by this injury. But I ended up, you know, coming back just in time and and making NCAAs and it, it all worked out in the end. But yeah, those were, I mean, injuries are no fun, but they're like a part of, you know every athlete's career at some point.
0: Yeah, you are so young. I was wondering that as you were talking about the screws. I'm like, does that mean she never has to worry about it again?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I my navicular like sometimes hurts when it's like raining and like my my teammate Mac Fleet. Now he has he also has screws in his naviculars and we just like make jokes like. <laughs> Uh yeah, we can tell when it's going to rain and <laughs> things like that. I tore one of my
0: plantar fascia. I tore my left, I think it was. I don't even remember now. Plantar fascia a few years ago. And the doctor's like, well, I mean, now you never have to have surgery. Like, it's just, like, fixed itself. And now I'm yeah, like, exactly. well, I kind of <laughs> wish the other one would have tore, too, because, like, <laughs> then I would never have to worry about that one.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> so you're kind of like – everybody's talking about you now. Cause you keep winning all these races. You're having a big year.
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I, I mean, I kind of feel, I mean, it makes sense. You, you went pro in 2018. It's just now 2019. So it makes sense. Um, but you know, I first saw you when you, after you won the BAA road mile, like, uh, we were down in Boston and for the marathon and we were just like walking down, 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 Boylston just kind of like milling around the area and we missed the race but I saw you being interviewed post-race and I was like oh that must be the girl that won the race.
1: (laughs) That was me yeah that's so funny because that's kind of the race that that started it all you know I won that one and then I've kind of like never looked back.
0: (laughs) So that was was, your first win of it was oh wow of 2019?
1: Yeah definitely.
0: Oh wow okay so has it been like six? Like how many fifteen hundreds or miles have you won this year?
1: So I, it was so I ran eight races, but some of them have been road miles. Um, okay, only two of them have been fifteens, like on the track. Um, but yeah, no, sorry, three of them. But it so I basically won. I think it's something like out of my last eight races, I've won seven of them. Okay. Um, the, the only one I didn't win was in Portland um, against Coco Klostenhoffen. <laughs> I don't know how to say her last name, but she she's German. Um, and she so it's like everyone's like, oh, she's undefeated amongst Americans or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And in that race when Coco beat me, she I, you know, I ran 405. It was my PR. So mm. I'm, not even, I'm not even mad about it, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, totally. Okay. So 315s. Five road miles What's which one do you prefer
1: um I think I like the track I like the 1500 um but I mean road miles are fun just because every course is so different um but yeah I think I think I love the track and I love the 1500
0: so tell us about your strategy or Terrence's strategy like which races you're picking because you haven't done any diamond leagues have you
1: right um yeah so that's been kind of like another adjustment of being a professional like you get to pick you know what what races you get to do it's not like college anymore where you know like okay our team has to go to this meet or things like that so um yeah I think we just kind of strategize like what makes sense with the training timeline and I I'm someone that likes to race a lot you know I think um you know I've raced eight times this season and you know some people might be like oh that's too much but for me I just I like racing I like practicing that um so yeah um I think the strategy is just like what you like what makes sense you know um I raced in Portland because like all my teammates were going and my sister lives there and you know my family could come up things like that or or you look at like oh there's good prize money there and Mm. or you know this is an Adidas event they'll look good if you go (laughs) you know things like that so um yeah yeah
0: so tell me about that though because if you're so into racing like what is your um like I don't know just like your mental your mentality and how do you deal with the racing pressure so much I mean you just told us how laid back you are before this race like we're talking the day before the prelims. so how do you handle that
1: yeah I think my favorite part about running is the racing um and I just think like every race is so different and uh it's so fun to like see what's going to happen when the gun goes off and, you know, who's going to take the lead and am I going to be the one or like, am, you know, who do I follow? And just like, I love bouncing around like kind of from the rail to the outside. And, and I don't know, I just like practicing any different scenario because then I know by the time like a championship comes along, like I've, I've maybe seen it all, you know, or, or I've seen a lot. So um, I just, I love racing, and I think that's maybe why I don't get nervous. I, I more just get, like, excited because it's it's what I love about this sport. Um, and it's, like, why I train every day and, you know, why I, I, I work so hard. So, yeah, I think maybe that's why I'm laid back. It's because I'm, like, getting excited. And, um, yeah, I don't really know. Or maybe I'm just, like, from Santa Cruz, and that's just how we
0: <laughs> <do>. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love that. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking about that, too, because the 1500 is so – like tactical in the sense of what you were saying, like hopping off the rail. And um, I recently interviewed Jenny Simpson and we were talking about, I forget what race it is. You'll know exactly which one it is. Cause you're a 1500 meter runner, but yeah. so, some race where she jumped into the inside where it was just like a random opening and just like winning on the first um, lane. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I think that was um, the 2017 like championships. Yeah. That like, sounds well. right. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Cause like the inside never opens up.
0: Yeah, and that's what she and she was <laughs> like. And I don't like recommend doing that, but it's that's yeah. the experience, though. Like she'd right. been in that position so many, like dozens of times, so she just knew exactly what to do. So is that kind of what you're saying? You feel like putting yourself in every possible scenario so that when it happens, you're like, okay, I know exactly what to do.
1: Yeah, yeah like okay, I've seen this before. Yeah, and and I feel like you know I'm I'm maybe playing catch up because I'm so young and you know this is my first year as a pro and Jenny's made you know countless world teams and Olympic teams and so it's like for me I just yeah I want to do the BA road mile because who knows maybe like I'll I'll pick something up there that that will like help me you know at USA's something like that so I you know I love racing and I love racing a lot um, just to add like tools to my toolbox if you will
0: <laughs> yeah because what are people really getting nervous about when they race are they getting nervous about how they'll feel if they won't step up and like do put everything out there or like if what place they're gonna get like what are people getting nervous about
1: i i think that i think it's about especially when you know you're in good shape and you've put in all this work i think it's then you're nervous that you won't be able to show everyone mm-hmm. you know like you won't be able to execute or, um, you know, that all that hard work will be wasted. I, yeah, it's just like a fear of like not succeeding um, or or just not showing your full potential. I feel like if I get nervous, that's definitely what it is.
0: Yeah. So you're, so, you know, we were talking about Jenny and it's like, and you're saying how much experience she has, but like literally she's a decade older than you. (laughs) <laughs> that's crazy, right? And that's yeah, like, you'll be like, you're, you're entering these waters where you're competing with people, um, who have been doing this for a decade longer. So, um, I know that 2020, it's gotta be a big goal of yours to make, make the Olympic team in the 15. Am I, am is that right?
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely the, the big goal.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Like, so you're getting all this experience and you have what, like a year, about a year to, because when will you, when are the trials for track? You tell me, share, um, share.
1: Share. So I think I saw something like we're a year out from, you know, the like opening ceremonies of Tokyo. Like I think yesterday or something was like exactly a year or so. Uh, the trials will be, I think, a month before. Okay. So, like in June, late June, I'm pretty sure the trials.
0: It's so so like it's always so crazy because I follow. I probably follow marathoning a little bit closer than I follow track and. Yeah. Obviously, the marathon trials have to be like way sooner because you have to recover and run the full marathon. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but so I always it's always seems crazy to me that the track trials are so close to the actual Olympics, but. Yeah. I guess recovering from trials is different when you're racing a 1500.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what
0: it like, how do you prepare for that? Like, what are you doing this year? And, you know, I know you won't probably know exactly what your spring's going to look like until you get through the rest of 2019, but like what are the things that you're doing to make this goal a reality?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, everyone's like oh this year is so weird the you the world's championships are so late they're in like you know late September and for me I'm like well this whole year is going to be weird no matter what it's my first year like I don't know what's going on so um I think that's kind of played to my like advantage like uh it it all seems bizarre (laughs) and uh so this year versus next year I think uh you know like I've everything I've done with Terrence this year has been new uh, and we're just kind of seeing what works and what doesn't. And uh, so the, I mean, the stuff that works, I'll just keep doing that. And the stuff that maybe didn't work, you know, maybe cut that out. Um, I know like, I'm not sure how much of an indoor season I'll have next year just because if I do make the world teams, like how, how late I'll be getting started again. So I think it just kind of, you, you do have to adjust because you know, the trials, And the Olympics are like so big and they only happen every four years. You got to be, you know, really particular and careful about what races you choose to do. And um, yeah, but I'm really excited. I think, uh, you know, I'm in a good place now and hopefully, you know, within a year I can be in even a better place. And uh, yeah, it's all so exciting. And yeah, you know, like it is crazy. Like I I remember watching, you know, Jenny Simpson and Morgan Euston when I was like, in high school, uh, and being, like, oh, I would, you know, they're, like, my idols, like, I would love to, like, be them one day, or, you know, whatever, and then, like, to be racing Jenny, like, for a spot on the team is just, like, it's so bizarre to me sometimes still. Yeah. (laughs) I can, like, so instantly go back, like, put myself back in high school, like, watching her run, like, you know the trials <laughs> and seeing her make the team and and then seeing her like medal last year or I mean 2016 like it's just I don't know Crazy. It, isn't that
0: so cool though to know that like so long as you stay healthy you can literally do this for at least 10 more years
1: oh I know yeah like what this would be it is going to be your fourth olympics yeah it's just, yeah it's awesome
0: so cool All right, friends, I want to break in real quick and let you know that the training group that I am hosting here in Indianapolis started yesterday, but it's not too late to join. You can still join us. So we'll be meeting every Thursday at 630 p.m. Through the monumental marathon. You don't have to be training for that race if you're just looking for a group to be a part of, but you can still sign up. Just go over to lindseyhine.com in the show notes and I'll put the link to that. And we have the virtual group as well. I have virtual half marathon and full marathon training plans. We've got a beginner a beginner, intermediate an intermediate and an advanced half marathon plan. Those are all 14 weeks. And then if you're looking for a marathon training plan, we've got beginner, intermediate and advanced, and those are 18 weeks. So, so check that out over in the show notes at lindseyhine.com. I'll put a link to all of those plans. You can just buy the plan. You don't have to join our virtual group. If you just like, don't want that interaction with me, you can buy the plan and move on your merry way. Uh, but they're really detailed with lots of specific directions and instructional videos, and I put a lot of time and effort into them. The uh, graphic designer, Meredith, she did a wonderful job. I think they're really sharp looking. Um, And then I hired a videographer, Chris Thornberry, to do the videos that teach you my pre and post run stretching and strength routine, as as well as a weekly strength routine that I recommend for all marathon runners. Um, so yeah, check that out in the show notes at lindseyhine.com. And then one other thing I want to tell you before we continue this conversation is if you are coming to run the monumental marathon, which is Saturday, November 9th, make sure you don't fly out or drive home until Sunday. So stay and celebrate with me because I'm doing an event on Saturday night. Details about that event will be announced probably within the next week or two, but just know that I am 100% doing a really fun event that Saturday, November 9th here in Indianapolis. And if you aren't, aren't already signed up to run the Monumental Marathon or Half Marathon or 5K, just come do it because it's super fun. And I'm not getting paid to say that. I just love the race and want you to come to my town. So yeah, stay tuned for more details on that coming very soon. If you're not following me on Instagram, that is a good place to find details like that. I'm Lindsey Hines 626 over there. I usually drop all announcements over there relatively quick. That's usually one of the first places I share that information. All right, friends, I hope you're loving this conversation with Nikki Hiltz and I hope you love the second half of it. Enjoy. So tell us about USA's this weekend. Like I assume the goal is to win, <laughs> <laughs> but like What's your competition look like? And yeah, just give us the lowdown.
1: Yeah. So I think the goal would be top three. I mean, of course winning would be awesome, but I don't know. I think I'm pretty realistic. I, I, you know, I'm not really like much of a dreamer. And so, you know, but, but me saying top three, it's so cool. Like that, that's like, it could actually be a realistic thing that happens. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I have some pretty steep top b- competition. That's why I'm saying top three and not <laughs> the one. Um, I mean, we have Jenny Simpson, who's, what, like, the queen of the 15? <laughs> uh, there's, you know, Shelby Houlihan is, is like, doing amazing and on fire. Um, you know, like, she, I raised her. She was a senior and I was a freshman in college, and, you know, to see her, like, progress has been like crazy um her kick is like unbelievable and then you have kate grace who's you know been olympian in the 800 and and you know done some pretty crazy things in the 15 as well so i think i have like my work cut out for me top three will not be like an easy feat whatsoever but um you know i think i believe in myself and and usa's is cool because it's it's you know on any given day anything can happen and um yeah hopefully I'll feel good that day and and top three will be, you know, something that happens. (laughs) So
0: two things, Shelby's kick. So in the 15 in a race like that, where, you know, and we all see Shelby, like she just like takes off on the straightaway. It's like, bye Shelby. (laughs) How do you set yourself up for success knowing that she's got that kick? And where do your strengths lie in terms of that?
1: Um, Well, I think just, so I think my, Strategy is a lot like Shelby's. We're we're both, you know, our kick is is our thing. I think hers is a little bit better than mine. But, um, you know, if I'm in third with a hundred to go, and Shelby isn't already in front of me, like know that she's coming. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) things like that. Um, It's good to know like where your competitors' strengths and weaknesses lie, and so uh, just being aware that or when Shelby goes by me, you know, like go with her. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I guess. Uh, but that's why I like racing. You never know what's going to play out. Um, and who's going to be where. And so, yeah, but it is good to know, you know, like where people's strengths are.
0: Do you ever do a little like side look back to see what's going on or do you just focus straight ahead?
1: Um, if it's like really slow, like tactical, definitely look around to see like where people are at, but if it's anything like, fast like you know you're just trying to hold on for dear life yeah as
0: hard as you can <laughs> you're just
1: worried about yourself yeah <laughs> what
0: is do you know what shelby's pr is in the 15
1: um i think it's 50 357 or 58 okay um, it's something like that yeah something stupid fast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> something stupid fast that you'll one day run for sure <laughs> So you like to make the Olympic team, you need to get the 404 which is the standard and your 405. And based yeah. on like your progression here, I'm assuming you're pretty confident that's going to happen.
1: Um yeah, I think yeah, I think you have to do that um before the trials by next year. So I have about a year to do it and you know, I'm not I'm not really too worried about it. I think um I'm I'm definitely Someone who doesn't really like to time trial. Um, I like racing more than just like being in a fast race. So I'm just hoping that one of these races I'm in this summer, it, or even maybe if it's this week, will be a sub four hundred five race. Um, but yeah, if, if I don't get it, like next year, I'll you know do a time trial to try to get it and things like that. So um, yeah, but I'm not too worried about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you're entering a race like this weekend with you know, is are Shelby and Jenny, the only sub four fifteens or has Kate gone under four?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like I should know that, but I'm not sure.
0: I, sh- I should know too. This is like, <laughs> I feel it's like sort of my job to figure these things out. Um, I like learning as I go while I interview people though. Yeah. What about Brenda Martinez? What's she doing? Is she running?
1: Um, I think she's injured. Okay. Definitely not. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cause I haven't, I feel like I haven't heard much about Brenda lately. Um, so like when, I guess I'm just thinking through like when you enter a race like this with people who have, you know, that's, that's like eight seconds on your PR, which is a lot in a 15, Mm -hmm. like, which tells me one thing that you could have a breakthrough race because if you just like race with them and stay with them, like you're going to PR by a lot. Right how do you hold confidence in, in your abilities in that situation?
1: Um, I think, you know, championship races, like, uh, meets that you make a team for, they don't usually go, they're not usually sub four efforts. They're usually like four or four or four or three, you know, like, okay. Um, that's, that's what I would say. Like, I know that it's not going to be a three fifty eight race just because like, there's no, there's no rabbit that's pulling us, you know, it's, it's all about, us and um I mean actually who knows maybe someone will try to do that yeah Um, so you you never know but yeah I I definitely but like I said before like a PR isn't what what like motivates me it's more of like performing well and and being you know doing my best as far as like racing uh but yeah if that if a fast time you know comes along with that like I'm gonna take it it's gonna be you know it's just like kind of icing on the cake for me
0: yeah your goal is to make the team
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's good to know. And I should know that. But in thinking through like races that I've watched, like there's no rabbit in this race. Everybody's tactical. They want to win. And that's all the big talk right now with like, you know, how they've changed, like the time standard for the marathon trials and everything is like, people aren't racing for a time at the trials, they're racing to make the team. So it just like complicates everything. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So that's so exciting. I, you guys, this is exciting. This is coming out on Friday. Prelims <laughs> happened tomorrow's, and then so tomorrow, because acting like we're talking on Friday is is the right. actual race. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Totally. I have to make it there first. We gotta get through. Have, the prelims. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so how many people make it through the prelims?
1: Um, twelve. So there's twelve. Should be twelve people on the starting line. Unless, I mean, someone falls and they petition, things like that can happen. And sometimes there's, like, two or three people get in because of, like, a fall. But usually it's, like, 12.
0: 12 make the finals. How many are in the prelims?
1: Uh, I think there's 30, around 31 people that qualified. So it'll be, like, three heats of 10. So, yeah, they'll go from basically 30 to 12.
0: Okay. Wow. Is your girlfriend running the fifteen?
1: no she's not she did a bunch of like road miles this year so um she she didn't really like try um, to make USA's but she's here with me this weekend um and and I have like we have seven other people in our group that are here running so we have a good good group here and yeah I'm really glad she came to Des Moines um,
0: yeah I saw your Insta story and I was like oh is she racing too yeah, no, but she's here. Okay, so talk to us about your team and running with Teresa. That's your girlfriend. And yeah. like how many people are on your team, what all that looks like, competing against a significant other. Give us all of that detail.
1: All of the details, yeah. So our team is pretty new. It's called um the Mission Athletics Club. And Terrence uh basically started it about a year ago, him and his wife Jen Rhines. Um And they've basically, he's from Orange County, California. And he's like, was coaching and living in Boston. Uh, He was the BAA coach. And he's like, you know, I think I'm kind of over Boston. I want to make my own group and I'm going to go to San Diego. (laughs) It was just kind of uh, from there. Then after college, like he recruited Trace and I, and we said, yeah, let's do it. Um, And I think there's about... There's, we have two guys in our group, Erica Avila and Mac Fleet, and they're they're both in the 1500 um, this weekend. And yeah, we have like six or seven girls. Um, it's awesome. And we have everyone's like kind of a range from 800 through the 10k. Um, and, you know, it, it's cool, because we, we overlap a lot. I, you know, the, I run with the 800 girls sometimes, and they, you know, kick my ass on the 200. And then mm-hmm. I'll go do a tempo run with Sarah Pagano, our 10K girl, and she will just, like, absolutely drop me. So it's really cool that we're all different events, but we all can overlap sometimes. Um, and, yeah, we're just running and living in San Diego. And, uh, yeah, we, we're all good friends, and we, we're just, like, doing what we love, you know, running. Uh, it, it's really awesome, and it's it's really, like, chill. Like, I would say it's, it's very, like, Cali- California of a group <laughs> laid back but you know we work hard and and yeah and Teresa my girlfriend is someone else that's in the group um and yeah we're we both do the 1500 and you know it's definitely kind of crazy to race your significant other but we, we try to like not overlap a lot and um but when we do it's you know we're we're each other's like biggest fan, and, and it's, you know, I would relate it to racing, like, a really, you know, a really close teammate of yours, it's, like, you want to do well, but you also, you know, really want them to do well, Um so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a unique thing, because there's, there's so many, like, you know, running relationships in this sport, but um there's not a lot of same-sex relationships, so yeah. it's, it's definitely a unique thing, there's not, like, very many people we could ask for, like, advice, so... <laughs> kind of figuring it out for ourselves. But, um, you know, it, it is hard, but it's also kind of really rewarding. And I don't know. Yeah.
0: Work. You are super open about all of that and super, um, you're a super role model, I guess that's what I should say. <laughs> um, tell me, talk about that though, because obviously it's really important for someone with a platform to open up about this stuff because there are going to be younger athletes and people that are looking to you uh as someone who was brave you know right so do you hold that like super close to your heart and is that super important in your life
1: oh totally um yeah I definitely like don't take it lightly that I have this platform that I I can speak out on and you know um if me just you know, living my life is, I'm considered a role model, then, you know, that's, that's okay with me. Um, It's just kind of crazy how much, you know, this past year, it's kind of taken off. I think, you know, I've been, Terrence always says, like, the the faster you run, you know, the better you do, the the more people you're going to reach. And so that's kind of just like another edge, I think I might have on people is like, I have this kind of like, response not responsibility this like opportunity to make a difference and like I think you know when you're in that moment of the race when it gets hard or like you know you you want to give up you you can think of like wait I have this whole community behind me like I'm running for more than like just myself like I you know so it it is really like a powerful thing and uh you know Teresa she helps me like uh you know when I want to write like a caption or whatever Mm -hmm. I'm like does this sound good? Or she's like, yeah, you should say this. Like, like we're definitely a team in trying to reach as many people as possible. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely something like I hold close to my heart.
0: Do you ever feel like, can I just be like, can I just be or like, for instance, in this interview with me, were you like, when is she gonna ask? You know,
1: <laughs> That's so funny. Um, no, I think so I think there was a while where I was kind of like coined as this like gay runner. And, you know, that was like as what I was like identified as. And, you know, for a while I was like, well, I'm so much more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like all these other things. But now I'm kind of like, you know, those are two things that I am like that that I do identify as like I'm a runner and I'm gay. And it was just kind of like and those are two things I'm really like proud of. You know, I'm I'm proud that I'm proud to be like who I am. And then I'm also like proud of all my running accomplishments. So I think I'm, I'm very much okay with being labeled as, you know, this, this gay runner. Cause you know, that's who I am. <laughs> yeah. Tell me
0: that. Is that the term you use? Cause I was talking to my friend earlier and I was asking her, I was like, do you, are you, do you want me to say gay? Do you want me to say you're a lesbian? Like, what do you want me to say? And she was like, oh my gosh. Like, and then she went into the spiel of like all the different terms people use and how she has some friends that, um, want to be called queer and some people that want to be called this. And what did she say? Nita, she said something like, I want to be called open or something like that. Just meaning like, love or something
1: yeah totally i think i like i like queer um because i think it's a very a loose term that is like yeah you are open and you're fluid or mm-hmm. you know what, whatever you want to call it but you know it's so interesting because like my girlfriend same thing she hates labels she's like i'm just Teresa. like mm-hmm. you know i'm not like you know people are like well, well what are you are you bi? and it's just kind of like She's like, no, I'm just open. I'm queer. I'm a queer person who I'm in love with Nikki, you know, and yeah. that's that's all. If you want a label, there's labels out there. If you don't, you know, you don't have to use them. <laughs> What's the definition of queer? Oh, gosh. You know, <laughs> now I'm putting you on the spot. But just the
0: way you said Teresa explained it, I was like, oh, that's, yeah.
1: Right. I think, I think it just means... Um,
0: Gosh. we're gonna we could look yeah. at we could wait a, let's look it up really quick because now I want to know okay. what the actual queer definition is yeah queer that's definition
1: that's so funny
0: strange odd yes. she had a queer yes. feeling that they were being watched is the
1: okay see I wanted to say different okay that sounds bad but I know I think it is this yeah it means strange or different or odd and I think it's But people have, like, uh, it's, like, a pride thing. Like, they're proud of it. Like, they're proud to be this, like, odd being or whatever, you know. And they're trying. It's just, like, something that people have. Yeah, I think it's just an overarching, like, way to sum up the Mm -hmm. LGBTQ, like, community. Yeah.
0: So at what point in your life did you realize, like, Like, I have to be my true self to everybody that I know and I can't like, you know, because like you've talked about, was it 2016? Was it
1: 2016 Um,
0: that you came out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was scouring through your Instagram and I could not find like the defining post. Did you have a defining post where you were like, Um, hello
1: world? It's really, I do, but it's really subtle. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like a picture of Tyson and I hugging after a race.
0: Um, but you have a lot of pictures like that.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> stuck in there. And it's something like, I think, you know, it doesn't matter who you love or how you love. It's just like matters that you love. And, um, you know, I think I was like, the world needs more love right now. And um, I'm not going to hide in the closet anymore. Like, I love this human, mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah, I think that that was in 2016. And it was kind of like, you know, when you're coming out, you, it seems like this huge, big thing. And then you realize, wait, I'm going to be doing this the rest of my life. You know, it's kind of like, whatever you say, like, oh, hey, grandma, this is my girlfriend. And then it's kind of like, oh, okay, you have a girlfriend. Okay, you're, you know, not straight. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, it was just kind of this, a, a lot of my, our teammates knew we were together, our parents knew that we were together. And it was just kind of like, well, I guess like the world should know, because like, you know, it's the, I want to like share my love for this person. Cause like, that's what social media is. You know, you, mm-hmm. you want to share what's going on in your life. And I didn't really want to hide that part anymore. Um, and then as soon as I did, it was kind of opened the floodgates to like mm-hmm. other people being like, Oh my gosh, me too. Or you're so inspiring or, uh, Oh, Hey, you, you can answer this question. Like, how do I tell my mom I'm gay? I was like, Oh no. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, (laughs) just kind of became this role model, if you will.
0: Yeah. And you've talked about your parents being super supportive, your teammates being super supportive. Do you feel like that was a privilege that you had? Like, not everybody has that privilege of having a family that's going to welcome this with open arms and teammates.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, it it was crazy because Teresa and I, we decided that we were both going to tell our parents on the same day and you know we were both like so afraid and really why why are we gonna why are we nervous we know our parents views like we know they're gonna be like fine and and then it was fine and you know but it's just like the fact that I got that nervous and I knew what was gonna happen like I couldn't even imagine Mm -hmm. being in a household you know that's like you don't know what your parents are gonna do and you know I've had friends tell me that they packed the bag uh, and then went downstairs just in case like their parents like told them to get out and I just like I do definitely feel this privilege to be in, you know in a community that's so you know my personal community is so like welcoming
0: yeah man that's something I have four kids and it's like something as a parent we're like I hope and pray that my kids would never ever have that fear you know
1: Right. right.
0: and it's like and it's crazy to think that though you knew what your parents believed it was still nerve-wracking
1: yeah totally yeah it's crazy <laughs> so,
0: so uh we'll we'll move on from it but last question is what's your message to like a young person or someone who um is nervous and doesn't know what to do and wants to come out and is is scared to do it
1: um i think you should definitely like don't if you're if you're nervous like don't keep it to yourself you know you it's like for me in that time it was so uh, important that i had Teresa, you know to do it with me because we knew like no matter what we would have each other at the end of the day Mm -hmm. um so just like find a friend or you know you could even dm me if you want like someone to be like hey no matter what like i'm gonna love you or Mm -hmm. like we're gonna have this community that's gonna accept you um and then also you know maybe after the fact, like, if you do come out and you do face, you know, backlash, whatever that looks like, just remember that, like, those who love you, or those who mind, like, they don't matter. And then those that truly matter, like, they won't mind at all. So um, I would say, yeah, like, those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind.
0: <laughs> so good. I love
1: that quote. That was saying that that definitely helped me when I was, like, nervous, um, maybe to tell even, like, certain teammates or, you know,
0: yeah, it's and it's been 3 years. So do you feel like that's been that's been out for 3 years. You're not competing professionally for a year. Do you feel this like freedom in your life?
1: Um yeah, totally. I think uh yeah, it's it's definitely like reassuring and I I never thought that I would be here. I think like if you if you were to tell my like younger self like oh yeah, you're going to be this like queer like on this platform like changing people's lives I'd be like what are you talking about I'm never coming out of the closet like that's not me you know so it is so like exciting to be here and like to receive all this positive feedback and love just from like the community you know I I think I said it before but I think it gives me like an edge when it comes to running like I have I feel like so much more to run for
0: That's so good. Now, when you say that you said you never were going to come out of the closet as a kid, like, when were you like, oh, I am into girls? Like, when did you know? Uh,
1: Oh, I think I knew. Like, I don't know. Like, when did you have your first crush? Like, Uh, seven, eight, maybe? Like, is that too young?
0: I know. I don't think so. I think that sounds about when you start like noticing and you're like getting embarrassed or whatever in front of that.
1: I think it was then. I was like, oh. but I didn't really think I knew what that meant until, like, sure. maybe, like, junior high or high school when it was, like, you know, we would be at sleepovers and, like, girls would be, like, who, who do you have a crush on? <laughs> and I would just say what everyone else said. I was, like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it kind of, like, really – I think it was high school and, and then college was when I really was, like, oh, shoot, that's what this means, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah.
0: It seems like more kids are coming out younger in like high
1: school even. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you think, I mean, it's because of people like you who are like setting the stage and saying like, it's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's society. You know, I I think I grew up in a maybe a more homophobic society, you know, one that was, whereas like now, you know, kids see like Pete Buttigieg like running for president and he's like, you know, this out gay man and it's Mm -hmm. not like there's so many yeah I think it is so many more examples of like like visibility is huge and people uh you know I think in my generation realize that and so they like you know think like social media is such like a cool thing because you can reach people like from like anywhere in the world um, even if you're in like you know Oklahoma or something
0: (laughs) or Pete Buttigieg from Indiana
1: right totally
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've got pride in that because I'm from Indiana
1: Yes,
0: Mayor Pete. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, thank you for doing doing that and and being a voice. That's really important.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> um,
0: okay, Nikki. So you were talking about your teammates and how you have this like wide range from like eight hundred to five k. Do you, and did you say ten k too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I wonder, since you're so special in the fifteen, do you like ever think
1: about going back and racing a, an 800 or a 5k? Um, yeah. So I definitely like, if you're a 1500 runner, like you're either an 815 or like fifteen five k you know? And I, I think for the past like year, like coaches have told me like, Oh, you're five k you know, but I didn't want to believe it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm fifteen. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of, I ran a 5k, like a Turkey trot, um, in like November and I did terrible. I was like, see, I told you. And then uh I ran like a three K indoors and I hated it. And then uh this outdoor season, Terrence was like, Okay, let's just run an eight, like whatever, we'll just see what happens. And I ran I ran when I ran like two oh one, which my previous PR was like two oh five. Mm. So I was I was just kinda like, I told you I'm eight fifteen, like don't ever make me do a five K. <laughs> Um, and, uh, that was super fun, you know, running an off event, I think is so fun because you have like, all this pressure is off of you and you can just like, you know, I didn't even know what was going on. Like all of a sudden we had 200 meters left and I just like ran as fast as I could. So, um, yeah, I ran a, I ran a couple aids, eights and then I ran two Oh two, like, um, about a month later. Uh, yeah. So I really, the 800 is like a cool event that I'm like kind of just discovering and, um, you know, if I ever don't want to do a 15, I'll, I'll definitely do an eight. Do you want to break two? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's um, yeah. Break four and break two. Those are like the big time barriers in, in each. So it's cool that, you know, those two events have a clear cut like barrier.
0: Yeah. So d- who has the edge in the 15, like if you're an eight fifteen or a fifteen five k does the, does the 800 meter runner have more of an edge because of the speed?
1: <laughs> um, that's a good question. I think I would say yes. Uh, I would rather be an 8.15 just because in tactical races, it, it usually comes down to your speed. But um, I don't know. I mean, as like the Olympics, there's like three rounds, you know, you have to run a 15 three times. So maybe a more of a 5k runner can like not be phased, you know, by those other rounds because they're like, have all this strength. So I think, but the 15s, it's like a perfect combination of like endurance and speed. So um, yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> how many miles a week do you train when you're like now, like in your life right now, how many miles a week do you train?
1: Um, well, I'm tapering right now. So it's gonna be a little low, but I think it's like 6570 is what I average um, a week. And now it's probably more like 5560 just because we're getting ready for a race. But um, yeah, so I would say that's, I used to think that was like really high for a 1,500 meter runner. But like, you know, my teammate, Emily LePari, who also runs the 15, she runs like 85. So wow. it just all depends on like who you are and what works for you. And then I also know other 1,500 meter runners who run like 40. So it it just kind of, you know, it works for you. And I think seven, 65, 70 is like my sweet spot right now.
0: What's your longest run
1: that you do? Um, I do my long runs anywhere from like 12 to 13.
0: Okay. And you do that like once a week. Yeah. And so then the other days, are you running twice, twice a day a lot?
1: Um, yeah, we definitely double a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite kind of workout?
1: Um, I really like four hundreds. Um, yeah, those are my favorites. And we've been doing a lot lately with like pace change. So you'll go out and like, 35 but have to close in like 33 and I think that's fun like you know anytime you can like change a pace in a workout it's like mixes it up
0: (laughs) awesome okay so excited for you this weekend really like pumped to get this out Friday and I'm just really hoping you're gonna make it to the finals (laughs) you will you're going to you're gonna be one of the 12 for sure yeah um and then let's go ahead and do into podcast questions Oh sweet! Did you see them on the list I sent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, one thing I want to add to that list, though, is uh, I know you play the guitar, but what's something else new you want to try?
1: Oh gosh, um, like something new, like a hobby away from running. Yeah,
0: like I. The reason I'm asking this is because I posted this picture. We went to this like local meet thing last night and my sons tried long jump like why not because they could <laughs> and so in my post I was like Lewis tried something new last night and then I was like encouraging people to share what yeah. something new they want to try and one of my listeners was like you should start asking this on the podcast because it'll give all of us listeners ideas for something new to try
1: <laughs> that's good that's a good question um I think I want to like this sounds but like you said, do the long jump. Like I think I want to pole vault. Like really? I like, like, well, just like not like for real, but yeah. Like, try it. <laughs> um, like at Arkansas, we just had such good pole vaulters, and like they would like you know help us win national titles. And like I was just always like I couldn't even I wouldn't even know how to begin to get over that bar that's set up there. And so like I did I did gymnastics when I was little, so like maybe that'll help me out. But like who knows? I think. Maybe in, like, the off season, I'll just, like, ask, like, a former teammate to, like, just give me some tips.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, your coach might be like, no way. Like, yeah. you're not risking injury trying to pole vault for fun.
1: Right. Or, I don't know, like, maybe steeplechase just because – I don't want to, like, race the steeple, but I want to, like – I think every runner should, like, go over a water pit at some point just to see, like, how hard it is. Yeah. And, like, like I think that's something I want to do in the off season. just – and then, like – Just for fun or just so I can be like, okay, like, yeah, that's really hard. Like those steeplers are really legit, you know? (laughs) Do they,
0: I mean, like, is there a like for fun steeplechase race (laughs) that's not like a big official race that you could just jump in and do for fun?
1: I'm sure you can find one out there, (laughs) like, you know, little track race, track meets and things like that.
0: (laughs) I've, um, you should listen. I've had a pole vaulter on my show. I don't know what number the episode is, but Katie Najao. do you know who that is? Oh
1: yeah. Okay. I'll listen.
0: Yeah. She's like really good. She's one of the top pole vaulters in the country for sure. So, um, she, she definitely talked about how she did gymnastics as a kid too, though.
1: Yeah, sweet. See, I'm already halfway there. There you go. Just listen
0: to the episode. You'll learn all you need to know about pole vaulting. Um, all right. What is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet?
1: Um, I think we talked about it a little bit, but I definitely want to make an Olympic team. Um, You know, being an Olympian is something that, like, our sport or, like, our society, if you will, like, puts on a pedestal, and I think it would just be, like, such a dream come true. Like my whole life, I've watched the Olympic games, you know, and um, specifically like the woman's 1500, like the metric mile I've been watching, you know, that race at the Olympics ever since like, I can remember. So yeah, I think making an Olympic team would be something I really want to do as a professional.
0: What's an accomplishment you're most proud of?
1: Um. Okay, so this one's hard, but I think it was getting second at NCAAs, um, after like last year, um, after battling back from an injury, uh, it was just like such a special moment. Um, so I feel like I should, so a year earlier, I was second, like in 2017, my junior year, I was second at NCAAs and my goal my after that race like i just remember being like okay my goal for next year is to come back and you know win the whole thing and so in my mind it was going to be like senior year the perfect ending to a collegiate career you know i was going to where i started at oregon you know had a rocky start transferred to arkansas and then had a fresh start and then i was going to like win the title and that was going to be it and then of course like life happens and um i Got injured my senior year and um, during indoors. And so I just like, you know, had this really bad knee injury and was like piecing together training, you know, limping through workouts. And um, I just told my coaches, like, okay, I'm not running until I'm healthy. And then I ended up getting surgery and I was on crutches at the end of April. And, you know, the NCAA's was in June. And I was like, okay, I guess that's it. Like, mm. you know, I guess you know, my dream of coming back and winning, like, isn't going to happen. And then it was like, all of a sudden I was after the week on crutches, I was like, wait, my knee doesn't hurt anymore. But it, it was just like this crazy next like month. Like, uh, I started running on the alter G and I could like run again and like I was cross training and like, so I was like, I need to run a time to get to regionals cause that's how you get to nationals. And so, uh, I was on couches in April and then by May, like the second week in May I ran secs and I got a time, like got me into regionals. And then two weeks later I ran at regionals and by then you just have to be top five. It's not about like getting a time anymore. So I just like raced my way like onto nationals and then, and then I was at nationals and then I was like, okay, I just got to make the final. And then I made the final and it was just like, so now like all of a sudden I'm back to exactly like where I wanted to be like to redeem my second place finish and like, you know, my runner-up finish, and, like, I was, like, this is it, you know, but the only thing was I was just, like, I was there just because of, like, sheer will. Like, I was, mm. not fit. <laughs> like, I was, like, I'd only been running, like, on the ground since May, and it was now, like, June, and it was just, like, this crazy, like, moment where I realized it's, like, you just have to, like, believe you can do it, and then you can, and, um, you know, and then I just remember being in that semi final being, like, okay, you made it this far, like, why stop now? You just you have nothing to lose. So like I put myself in the race and like I went for it and I ended up getting second again. But like, to me, I like, wasn't disappointed at all. It was like, I, obviously it wasn't like the fairy tale ending I wanted, but it, to me, it was like, it just, it was like, per- like perfect. I don't know. It was like, I kind of overcame all that stuff. And it was definitely like an accomplishment that like, like out of all, like my all Americans, like that was definitely like the most special one.
0: Yeah. I mean, how do you even do that? I mean, yeah. you say you're, you're pure will, but like you had to have been doing some legit cross training, right?
1: Yeah. Like I, I was like aqua jogging and yeah. like, yeah, but I don't know. I guess like maybe I'm too far removed now, but it was just like, it didn't seem that intense. I was just like getting in the pool with, cause I had a couple other teammates who were injured at the time and we were just like getting in the pool and like going for a run, but like in the water. (laughs) So yeah, I, I, and I biked a little bit, but I was more just like aqua jogging and alter Ging was like, and then I could run on the ground.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Your, your fitness was still there, but do you think that's something that, well, I mean, I don't know. Emily infeld, she was injured for a long time. And then she went on to make the Olympic team like soon after in the 10 K. Like, do you, I was going to, my question was going to be, do you think that's more realistic to happen for a collegiate athlete? Like your will really gets you there. If your fitness has been there and then you cross train enough, then like on the pro stage, because there's just so much more like competitiveness and fierceness in the, in the pro scene.
1: Yeah. I think, I think it's like you, when training's going perfect and you're healthy and you're fit and like everything's going great, It's like you almost don't have as much heart as you would if, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're like in the middle of a storm, like, you know, it's not going good. So I think you can have like more will and more heart when you are, you know, in the trenches. And so I think that's kind of the edge that a lot of injured people coming back like have um but I mean also like cross training does work you yeah. know I ended up that race like I ended up PRing and it was like what you know you <laughs> have to running. so I I would say like cross training you know swimming or aqua jogging or biking like can really like replace running if you know if you do it right
0: do you cross train now
1: um a little bit but no I no, I don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you're you're getting your workouts in with your runs. Yeah, so you're not hopping yeah. in the pool to aqua jog or. Yeah.
1: I mean, if I'm, you know, if it was like a hard week and I'm like not feeling going for a double, like I'll I'll jump in the pool and aqua jog. But mm-hmm. um, no, it's it's definitely like rare for yeah. me.
0: <laughs> Running's more fun.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> if you could have coffee or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be?
1: Okay, so I'm definitely more of, like, a cocktail type of gal. Um, <laughs> so I think I would get a cocktail with, like, Ellen.
0: Yes.
1: And, like, just because she's such this, like, gay icon, but, like, also hilarious. And I just, like, love that she – her whor- her whole, like, platform is just making people laugh. And I don't know. I think, like, laughter is so, like, important and so powerful. And, yeah, I think that would just be, like, really fun.
0: <laughs> I mean – I'm not going to lie. Like you could probably get on her show at least.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'll just get on her show. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have a story here, Nikki. Um, But having like actual one-on-one cocktail with her would be way more fun than being on her show in all reality. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like actually getting to talk to her. It's crazy. I can't believe Ellen's like 60.
1: I know. I know.
0: Crazy. Um, All right. What is a nonprofit you like to support? Did I add that in there? Um, Yeah. Okay, I took it out for a while, and now I'm bringing it back.
1: Yeah, I like, um, you know, Human Rights Campaign and and also the Trevor Project, which is, like, for LGBTQ youth, um, like, suicide prevention. And, you know, I think it just really speaks to, like, helping the community that I'm a part of. And, um, you know, both of those organizations are doing, like, great things. And, I I mean, I, I think my goal one day is to eventually, like, kind of bridge my two worlds together of of running and LGBTQ and like maybe put on like a race and you know work with those nonprofits to like raise money for these groups of like marginalized people so that's like my goal um someday is to like put on a race for like LGBTQ youth
0: There is a organization that my friend Nita that I was telling you about, she just sent me the Facebook group to like the page. And now I'm looking, I'm looking it up because I want to know what it's called. And I'm, I want to say it right on the show, but it's some, Uh, it's some sort of running group that's supportive of the LGBTQ community. It's like runners and it's LGBTQ community and allies. Okay. And they have chapters around the country and I think they're, coming to Indianapolis or something oh, cool. uh, I'm so annoyed with myself for not <laughs> she j- yeah. uh, she just invited me to like I have so many notifications on my Facebook I liked the page but now I I also like like 9,000 pages so <laughs> anyway um yeah we were just talking about that group so maybe right. that maybe that'll take off and by the time you start your races that'll be a good collaboration
1: yeah totally yeah
0: I'm gonna put the link to that in the show notes, everybody, yeah. um, because I am gonna find it. I'm still looking and I can't find it. So that's really <laughs> awesome, though. I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. What's your one message to send to the world?
1: Um, that's a hard one. Yeah. But, um, I think would just like to live your truth and be yourself and don't ever apologize for it. Um, I would say. And like as as an athlete, I mean, like I have this. I train and I compete and I deal with, like, triumph and defeats. But, like, at the end of the day, I'm just, like, another human who wants the world to be a safe and welcoming place for everyone. So um, I I feel like I sort of have this small platform now, and I'm just so dedicated to using that platform for good and for change and to empower as many people as I possibly can to, you know, just be themselves and don't apologize for it. (laughs) It's
0: good i love it so much nikki thank you for coming on the show and thank you for doing all that you're doing and we are excited to see you to continue kicking butt in
1: 2019 yeah thank you so much for having me it was awesome
0: all right everybody thanks so much for listening today thank you thank you nikki for coming on the show it was wonderful getting to know you don't forget to follow nikki on instagram she's nikki hilts over there you can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine And on Facebook, I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. If you loved this episode of the show, I would appreciate it if you would share it with your friends, family, social media, people, whoever, and let them know to give it a listen. Don't forget to check out Sweaty Betty. Go to sweatybetty.com and use that code ANOTHER for 20% off your order. You won't regret it. You will have new... Active wear that you will be living in, living in. It is awesome. Friends, have a really great rest of your Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.